Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Dallas, what would you like to talk about today? Michael, today I've got another philosophical uh, one that you're <laughs> either going to get on board with or sit there rolling your eyes at. The, the concept that I wanted to talk about is, is um, so money as a concept. We all have different ways of thinking about it. But what I've noticed is that for some people, they, they actually hold two conflicting thoughts about money in their head at the same time that, that mm. can't go together. And those two thoughts are that money money can make me feel safe and secure and I need more money in order to be safe and secure. And then at the same time, people, those same people treat money as though it's sort of fickle and at the whims of... Of the, of the wind and that it's unreliable mm. and we don't know what's going to happen with money in the future. So mm. I guess the, the point that I that I make here is that some people will probably listen to this podcast and go, that's not, that's not relevant to me. But there mm. are probably some people here, if you dig into your subconscious approach to money, people tend to either think of it in one of two ways. And, and I'm probably uh, guilty of the first, over guilty of the first way, which is that money can buy us safety and security and choice and freedom from things that we don't want to do and freedom to do the things we want to do. So it's it's a security blanket. And so it's a thing that makes us makes us safe and secure. And so and to some degree money can do some of those things. But it but it can't do all those. I, I think people like me tend to think too much about money as a way to if if I have more money then I'll feel safer and then I'll feel more secure and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, all the research shows that there is definitely a point at which that happens. If if you have enough money so that you don't have to worry about food and you don't have to worry about, you know, what happens if someone in your family gets sick or you don't have to worry about those basic needs being met. Money can, can definitely make you feel safer and more secure. But where I talk about that as a pathology is that there are many people that we see who uh, will have have far more money than what they need in order to meet those basic needs and in order to be safe and secure and for their family to be safe and secure. And yet they're still trying to accumulate more in order to meet this this need for security. And, and you know, we, mm-hmm. we see this all the time with people that are at a point where they can retire now. We've done the numbers and, and they can mm-hmm. be safe and they can be secure and they can meet all their, their lifestyle needs. But they can't, they can't pull the trigger on retiring because they, they just... They don't know how much they need, but they know it's more. They know it's more mm-hmm. than what they have now. Once I have more, then I'll feel safe and then I'll feel secure. So I guess, firstly, is is that a thing? Is that a fair statement to make in, in terms of have you come across clients? Yeah, look, I, th- I think it is. I think it is. Um, it's a difficult one yeah. because uh, having a, so so being in the position to be able to retire for a lot of people is a byproduct of, of, of their hard of, work. Yes, and it's and, a byproduct and of gratification and yeah. And, uh, do, making those choices to the the fact that you've treated money as something to take seriously and mm. to try and accumulate means that you've then accumulated that money but the drive to do that 
if that has been a drive from a basis of I need more to feel secure, it's very hard to switch that off. Mm. Okay, okay, I've got enough now. My security, I've ticked that box. I don't need more money to feel secure if I've been telling myself for the last 40 years mm. that I do. So, mm. so yeah, I, th- I think that's that's a good point is that the thing that got you here is, is probably the thing that is hard to switch off. But Yeah, and look, we've see, we see there's two extremes that we see. Um, I think it's about getting it in the middle somewhere. Mm. So the two extremes, the one that you just mentioned, yeah. where people delay gratification yeah um yeah we've done thoughtful considered delayed spending yeah so for some for some people that's yeah they think about it they consider it and they never spend it yes (laughs) uh so that that's that's the byproduct of that is that those people have way more than they need because their needs are so small yes and because they've trained themselves to delay everything forever so have way more than they need yeah um we see other people that spend it before they get it yep and they can't stop spending and it burns a hole in their pocket. Yep. And that's that's yeah, to the to the other extreme. Um, like most things, yep. finding that happy medium now, I think is the key. Now I, I this is uh, I think the when I think about this deep, I don't I don't know whether those two things are a continuum of the same approach. Yeah. So so this is my thesis here is that the people that are spending the money before they have it there's some inherent subconscious belief that money is unreliable and is a, a cruel, harsh mm. mistress that, that mm. I can never rely on. So, so I think that what drives a lot of that spending is not, is not a decision along the continuum of do I delay gratification or not. It's a no. belief that if I don't spend this money, it'll probably disappear It'll anyway. disappear anyway. Who, I, who knows I, where it goes. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, and... I think it's very interesting because it's something will happen. Yes, where I'll need to spend it yeah. anyway. Yes, so I might as well spend it, and, and then I don't have it. And if I then. spend it and I don't have it, then, then it doesn't matter. Then it doesn't matter. Yes, I, I think that's exactly the point. Is that I think you're onto something. Yeah, if you're looking at it as, and again, this is a pattern over forty. So for anyone who's listening, it's a pattern over forty years where, for a lot of people, where. They in maybe in and potentially you know I'm again an amateur psychologist here of in early years of someone's working life they accumulated some money they saved some money and this could even be before they're working you know I, I, you hear all these stories about the psychology of people's attitudes towards money were were formed when they were kids and so people mm. that came from an environment where there either was or was not money but it was completely decoupled from choices that people had mm. made so you know for example they had a they had a parent where it didn't matter whether they saved money or didn't save money or whatever they did because the money would just disappear because mm. you know one parent you know had a gambling problem or something, you know not even mm. anything that excessive but just had was an overspender and so it yep. didn't matter whether you saved money or didn't save money because you couldn't get ahead anyway mm. and i think that's the the whole point is that that is probably an appropriate learned response if if you're in an environment where if you're in an environment where it doesn't actually matter whether you save money or not because it won't be al- it won't be allowed to accumulate, your best bet is to is to spend that money. And mm. so, and you see this a lot of, uh, across other cultures where money or, or, or resources are seen as a thing that has to be shared with the tribe or with the family. Mm. People don't people don't ever save money because you go, well, if I save it, then mm. 
you know, my next door neighbor is just going to need something and then I'm going to have to give him the money. So I might as well, I might as well spend it mm. whether on him or whether on myself and then it's gone and then I don't mm. have to worry about it. So I think there's something here though where it's like, it's the, it's the unreliability of it. it. It's like, it's the decoupling of my choices make no impact on whether I end up with money or not. And, mm. and, and I see this, you see it a lot I find with couples where, they're talking at cross purposes because one of them will say things like, "Okay, well, we need to, we need to do this thing in order to achieve this result," mm. and the other one will kind of say, "Oh, well, you know, who, yeah, I'll, I'll never be able to retire at sixty anyway." Mm. And, and the one who's the one who's getting really frustrated, going, that's illogical. What what do you mean? Of course, what we do now matters mm. as to where we are in five or ten years' time, and they yeah. they're, they're speaking two different languages and. Mm. And in the extreme, you have one member of the couple who's going, and this is, I guess, the point here, is it's easier to see it when it's two separate people. If you've got a couple where one of them never wants to spend money on anything because they know, they, they, they believe or they feel as though they need more money to be safe and secure. And so they're going, yes, we might have $2 million and, and you know, we, my financial advisor is sitting here telling me that I only need $2 million in order to, to live the lifestyle I need, but... But I need more. I just need more to be safe, to be, you know, to make sure, just to make sure I need a bit more money. And then on the other side of that, you've got you've got the other member in this theoretical couple who's going, We've got two million dollars. Just we better spend it. If we yeah. don't spend it, it might disappear and and so well, let's spend three hundred thousand dollars a year, even though my financial advisor is sitting here telling me if I spend more money, then I will run out of money. They're mm. thinking, What are you talking about? If I, I'll run out of money if I spend. I'm gonna. It's, it's gonna go gonna away. It anyway. It's, it's gonna Some, go something's away. Gonna something's happen. gonna happen. Something's gonna go wrong. Something's gonna, yeah. Someone or something is gonna take that from me. So mm. I better blow it now so that I actually get something from that. And so, mm. you know, in the extreme, that's something that you can see in two different individuals. Is one of them approaching money as this security blanket that will solve all of their fears and make all their problems go away if mm. only I had enough of it, and the other one that's approaching it thinking. It's going to go away anyway. We can't rely on that. Yeah, sure, we might have two million dollars in a, in a, we might have two million dollars in a diversified across the seventeen hundred biggest and best companies in the world, and it's in this fantastic tax free structure, and it's completely protected from creditors and all these sorts of things. But you know, it, it'll just something will happen to it. And and when you dig into what what do you mean by that? What could happen? They don't know. It, it's not a logical thought out thing. It's it's an instinctive reaction to that. And so. There could be a situation where you've got two people who hold those conflicting thoughts, but I've seen it before where you've got you've got that those two conflicting thoughts in the same person, and that mm. to me is is a is a is a very interesting one to have because they are completely different thoughts, and yet you you will find that sometimes people people are either a member of a couple that have those two conflicting thoughts, or it's just inside their own brain they've got two conflicting thoughts, and so. Mm. I don't really have the answer for this. Again, it's probably one of those ones where you go, it's probably a job for a psychologist to dig into why and how to fix that and all the rest of it. But it's, it's probably for me the takeaway from this is that if, if you are the individual who that resonates with you and you have those two conflicting thoughts, dig into the fact that they can't both be, neither of them is correct, but they, but they, they obviously can't both be correct. There's a, mm. there's a, there's a, a tension there between the two. And if you're a member of a couple, 
and you find that you can't talk to your spouse about money and, and, and you just can't understand why they do the things they do, mm. it may well be one of these things. It either, and it's not to say that they're in the wrong, it could be you who has this unhealthy attitude towards mm. money. But that, that is a framework for thinking about that as it relates to yourself or as it relates to your spouse. Yeah, look, I, I think that's very useful. Um, some of those things today that we you raise, I'd never considered mm. the, the, the way of thinking of that. So... Um, I think I think uh, you know if this makes a difference to only a handful of people, yeah, and it's a, a great a great podcast topic. I, I think this is the, the the point with a lot of my philosophical sort of conversations is maybe ninety percent of the listeners are going, what what is this guy carrying? Just get back to some tax savings, idiot. Tell me something <laughs> useful. Tell me how to invest my retirement savings. Yeah, yeah. And then there are others where that might actually hit home and go. Okay, that's a different way of thinking about things, and, mm. and I need to take that into account as I talk to as I talk to my spouse about money. I need to take that into account, or I need to mm. take my own beliefs or my own background or my own history as it relates to money yeah. into account. So. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over Fifty podcast with Money Over Fifty financial advisors. For more information and resources, visit the Money Over 50 website, mo50.com.au. We look forward to catching up again soon.